11. Tonight we want to remind ourselves of the purposes of communion. And, and in so doing, to prepare our hearts to um, observe the Lord's Supper. And uh, I'll begin reading in verse 17 and read down through verse 34. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye, may come, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So... Paul is addressing and correcting some issues at the church at Corinth, and he gives us a, a, this passage that deals with the purposes of communion. And he quotes what Jesus said, that uh, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me, and the cup as well, in remembrance of him. And the first purpose of communion is as a memorial. We have, we have seen in our nation in the last year the tearing down of memorials. And one of the things that the work of Satan 
is to erase from people's memory works that are praiseworthy and and are glorifying to God. And one of the works of Satan is to cause people to not know their history, to forget their history. And that is one of the purposes behind what is going on in tearing down um, statues and memorials. And God has a very, very important place in his heart with memorials. With the children of Israel, he established many memorials. And he said, I don't want you to forget what I did in, in parting the waters, in leading you out of Egypt, and over and over again. But of utmost importance is the memorial of the Lord's Supper that the most important thing that we are to remember is what Christ did in providing for the forgiveness of our sins. And we sang at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. And it is too easy for us to forget. Um, Think back in your life. Often, we remember more the bad things that happen than we do the good things. I'm not sure why that is, if it's affected us uh, trauma-wise, but um, if, if you've had a bad vacation, everything went wrong, you usually remember that. You've had a lot of good vacations, you don't remember those as much. But um, So when things go bad, you say, we're making memories here, all right? That's how you can always look at it. But we need to remember and hold before us continually a remote, this memorial, first of all, to the life, to the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Christ. We are remembering His body. And in so doing tonight, you will take part of the bread and and it is, its purpose is to remember, he died, without going into great details here tonight, he died a vile and vicious death. Crucifixion is one of the worst ways to die. And, and he did this for me. I mean, we need to personalize it. And we need to remember his, his physical body and the suffering that he bore. We need to remember as well when we take the cup, we're, we're remembering his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And it wasn't that Jesus came and was a great teacher and a great model. Jesus Christ came to die for me and for you. And he was the ultimate sacrifice that paid the penalty for our sin. And, and it's too easy for us to forget that. It's too easy. Well, we don't forget it. We know it. But we don't think about it. And, and our hearts, we, we would be completely hopeless. So we've just come through remembering Christmas, the light has come into the world, 
And, and yet Christmas is meaningless if it weren't for his death, burial, and resurrection. And Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story. The rest of the story is the death, burial, and resurrection. And so we're remembering his body. We're remembering his blood. We're remembering. It's a remote memorial for us to remember the cost of our salvation. No one else could pay the cost of our salvation. He alone could do that. But it is also a time for us as a memorial to remember what he saved me from. I mean, he saved me from the the condemnation. from God, meaning separated from anything and everything good. This is what He saved me from. And I deserved it. That's what, what I deserve. That's what we all deserve. And, and for us to, to realize this, earlier in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, He, he gives a list of fornicators and idolaters and adulterers and effeminate abusers of themselves, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers. And he says, such were some of you. There's no telling the depths of sin and degradation that every one of us can go to apart from the grace of God. And you might say... um, well, I, I never went into this area and that area of sin. It's only by the grace of God. I mean, our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And what we consider the depths of the degradation of sin may not be near as bad as some of the things that God sees in our life of pride and arrogance and lack of love and, and despising others. But... We need to we need to as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight, we need to think, God, where would I be tonight were it not for Christ? And you think of all the good that God has brought into your life, but the greatest of good by far is Jesus Christ. And and can you imagine Living in this world and facing this world without Christ? I mean, it's easy for it to cause anxiety in our lives today when we have Christ. Can you imagine not having Christ? And that would be us. Think of an eternity separate forever and ever and ever where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. This is... This is the hell that He saved us from. But then it is also a memorial. It's raising up a memorial to remember what He has saved me unto. He not only has saved me from this, He has saved me unto complete access to the Father. We're remembering that the veil was rent in two when His body was broken and His blood was shed. And we now have direct access to the Father. 
We have perfect fellowship with, with the Father. He has saved us to the point um, that He promised to be with us. We'll never be alone. He is with us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He saved us to this. In this maze of life, He gives us direction from His Word. As we said this morning, He gives us His Spirit. This is what He saved he saved me to a, a child of the King. So, we're remembering the life, the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're remembering what He saved me from. We're also remembering what He has saved me unto. So, that's the memorials. It's, it's a memorial reminding me of these things. And as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight... We need to take time to thank God for these. But it is also a symbol of fellowship. A reminder of our fellowship. First of all, fellowship with God. That we are brought into a new relationship, a new covenant. He says this cup is a New Testament it, it really means this cup is a new covenant in my blood. We're brought to a new covenant. A covenant cannot be broken. Contracts can be broken. We're brought to a, a new covenant. It is, um, it is fellowship with God. He has chosen us to be His peculiar people. Meaning, we are His special people. We are the apple of His eye. We are a chosen generation. I mean, that we are brought to fellowship with God. But it also entails fellowship with one another. This is an ordinance that's given to the church. And he's reminding us, we as individuals have fellowship with God but our fellowship is with God and it is with one another. And, and as we partake of this tonight, it is, it is a commitment when we come together as a church, he said in verse 18, that we're coming together to love Christ and to love each other. We're making that commitment. See, we can't claim to love God if we don't love our brethren. And, and what we're saying here tonight is, I am thankful that the body and blood of Christ has brought me to fellowship with God, but I am also thankful that it has brought me into fellowship with one another. And we are making a commitment and renewing this. It's a reminder of the fellowship that we have. And we are, Romans tells us in chapter 12, we are to rejoice with those that rejoice and we are to weep with those that weep. And that, that happens over and over again in a church body. People weeping because of, of sorrow that's come into their life, the loss of a loved one. And in the same day or the same week, people are rejoicing in the birth of a new child and, and rejoicing in answers to prayer, and we are making a commitment, renewing, reminding ourselves, we're here tonight, not by coincidence, but we're here tonight to say, you know what, 
I need to take personal this aspect of bear ye one another's burdens. And they're here tonight and they're taking communion, telling me that they're in fellowship with God and I'm in fellowship with God. So I am committed to love one another. And, and that is so important that we do that. In, and it begins, first of all, praying one for another and ministering one for another. Think about it. And, it, and it's going to get more and more um, this way. But the reality is, if we aren't for each other, who do you think will be? I mean, if, if we aren't supporting and building up one another, it's certain the world isn't. It's certain Satan wants to do all he can to discourage and destroy. We don't, we don't need to go around pushing each other down. We need to be lifting each other up. And, and what we're doing here is making a commitment to that end. God, help me to manifest genuine love. That ought to be a, a prayer of ours. And this is a purpose. We're coming together to that end. So, it's so important that we renew that purpose. And then, in verse 26, he said, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. It is also in anticipation of his return. The best is yet to come. We are reminding ourselves of the Lord's death until He comes again. It's not just an endless thing. We are anticipating. Paul is pointing their focus to back to what Christ has done, our current fellowship with God and with one another, and then he's saying, I want you to keep doing this and it's in anticipation of His coming again. We, we understand the anticipation of His coming. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're familiar with these, but it does us well to read them firsthand. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Notice how he ends that. He's talking about the Lord's coming again. And, and I'm not going to go into it here tonight, but we see much indication of, of us living in days that very soon the Lord may return. And he says, let that be a comfort to your soul. Our soul gets vexed and troubled in this world that we're in. But we need to come back and remember what He's done. Remember the fellowship that we have with God and with one another. 
and being in, in anticipation of His return, realizing, wow, the best is yet to come. We look forward to that. And that ought to encourage us. That ought to comfort us. Um, we sing the song, It will be worth it all when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face. Think of this. All sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race. And Paul's pointing, and as he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, I want you to keep doing this and be reminded of this and establish this memorial in your life for the truth of what he's done, what he's doing, and yes, we're anticipating his coming again. So, it is important that we come tonight and realize this and, and understand this is something that daily in our lives we need to bring before us. Daily we need to, as we go to the Word, God, thank You that I have fellowship with You. Thank You that I can walk with You. Thank You that this is made possible because of what You've done. And as we realize that, and as we come afresh and anew with thanksgiving to God tonight, so it's important that, that we realize that coming here, we must be identified as a child of God, have followed Him in the waters of baptism, have an identified with a local church, and, and that we have a desire to glorify God. If, if we have never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of our sin, there's no grace or merit. There's no special power that comes to us through the taking of the bread or the drinking of the juice. There's no power in it. It's a memorial to remind us of what He's done. So, we come before this tonight and we give thanks to God for what He has done and for what He's going to do. As we bow together in prayer, I'm going to ask the men that will be helping serve tonight if they'd come and be seated right up here. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to You tonight and our brief thoughts cannot do justice to what You've done for us. Lord, I would hate to think where I would be tonight were it not for Your grace in my life. Lord, I cannot imagine an eternity in the lake of fire separated from You. And I cannot imagine what You endured the pain you suffered, the rejection as your father turned his back, and you did it for us. When we were not asking you to do it, you came unto your own and your own received you not. You were the stone which the builders rejected, and Yet You did what the Father called You to do, and we thank You tonight. And Lord, I pray that this time tonight would have a purifying effect 
on our faith and our walk with You. I pray that it would rekindle our love for You and our love for one another. And Lord, I pray that You would be honored as we look forward and live in such a manner that we anticipate Your coming again. So Lord, we, we plead Your mercies that Your Spirit would personally minister in each of our lives tonight. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.